It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, repping that, that LAX 5150. My vision is 2020. You want our 2020 podcast? Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow! 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 Once again, it's on. Yes, yes, everybody. This is episode 112 of the 20 by 20 podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan McFly. Promise. <laughs> yeah, um, Woodrow's on a little break at the moment. You know, he's handling business. Shout out to Wood. He got a lot of stuff working right now that I think everybody listens to the pod. Everybody that follows him is going to really love once we put it out. So shout out to Woodrow handling business. You know, over here at the 20 by 20 podcast, we're more than just a podcast. Okay? And I got some really, really fire news to share with you guys, but... I want to ask you guys, how's everything? You guys are good? You know, quarantine is being uplifted a little more every every single day out here in New York City. And in some states, you guys are far behind, I mean, far ahead of us. Some are a little behind right now because, you know, we're hearing about the spikes in certain states and stuff like that. I'm hoping everybody's well, everybody's taking care of each other, and everybody is still following the protocol. Wear that mask if you're around a whole lot of people. Wear them gloves if you're going to supermarkets. Whatever it may be. I know there's a couple of uh, stores open now where you can get your kicks, clothing, whatever it may be. Wear gloves, man. You don't know who's the last one to touch everything. So just really take care of yourself and take care of everybody else in the meantime, between time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping everybody's good over there. I'm good over here. I'm in good spirits. Uh, yeah, man, I'm in good spirits because we're finally in the middle of the launching stage of our merchandise company. Yes, our merchandise company, Storyline Tees. Everything is getting official. Everything is trademarked. Everything is owned. So we just got to come out with the merch and we got some fire joints coming soon. Very, very soon. I mean very soon. I'm talking about next month. The first official Storylines T shirt. <laughs> it's coming out very, very soon within the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, man, we're just over here working. Not only, like I said, on the pod, but just everything else, man. We're just trying to make it nice and, uh, try to, you know, just keep coming with some fly shit, man. Some fly, fly shit. Also want to shout out. The Jabba Tears podcast. I seen the jackets. Them joints look fly. Shout out to Nerd Clothing for that joint. Those are looking fly. Let me know where I could go and swipe my card at. Need one of them joints. Joints is fire. And also another, another big, big shout out to SP3 of True Heel Heat. He will be on Wrestle Talk. Not only will he be on the Wrestle Talk podcast. But he will be a feature writer on Sportskedia. Everybody knows Sportskedia. I mean, they late breaking news for everything. They're always on top of everything. Um, yo, listen, man. Kill it. You've been killing the podcast game, and you're killing everything now. So keep on doing what you're doing. It's working. Just keep being you, man. That exuberant person that you are that that light 
in a dim spot. Just keep being you, baby. Everything's working great. Uh, who else? Who else? Uh, yeah, man. Just shout out, man. Shout out to my fan, bro. Shout out to my whole three five fan. What up, baby? They already know who they are. I ain't gotta shout out everybody. You know, my boy Jo out here with a with his second laundromat. How about that? Second laundromat. This guy's gonna be the George Jefferson of the hood, man. Laundromat cleaners, everything. He doing it. You know, damn, athletic transcendent labs. I mean, they they're they're going beyond what probably anybody else believed when they first started. I mean, us, the family, we already know they were gonna be big, but these guys are gonna be major. Any pre workout that you need, any workout tips, anything whatsoever, follow them at Transcendent Labs. They got you. Back to the pot. So, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, we're gonna get into night two of both Fire uh, Fighter Fest and the Great American Bash. A lot of exciting stuff on both ends. And, you know, on the news front itself, there's a lot of exciting stuff. And I want to start off with Matt Riddle. So, with Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle put out a video. If anybody hasn't seen it, has seen it on his Twitter. He put out a video and basically explaining the situation that's going down right now with... Uh, I wish I could remember her name. I don't remember her name. I know everybody's listening, probably knows who she is. Sorry that I didn't remember your name. I'm sorry for that. But uh, just saying that she was the one basically stalking. Like he admitted to having an affair while he was married. He admitted to all the wrongdoings. And then still kind of got at her. My thing is, it's past, I think it's time. Because everybody's going to look at Matt Riddle like he's a dog, whatever it may be. But what I want everybody else to know is that like this speaking out movement, it's not about, you know, going going after these dudes that fucking up their marriage and doing some fucking nasty shit to their spouses. This speaking out movement is about the people truly, truly hurt over certain actions being done while being in the business. Now, if Matt Riddle's lying and he's out here trying to save face, oof, my brother. That shit's gonna bite you in the ass so crazy. I'm hoping right now everything you said in that video is true. Because not only is he extremely talented, but it's somebody that WWE could definitely bank on for the main roster. So I'm just hoping everything, you know, was factual. Because if not, we got another thing coming, man. I mean, the, between the speaking out movement, COVID, uh, and everything else, like, you know, in pro wrestling, like, this is a big, big situation. So, now that we're on to that, um, first thing I also, I mean, after the Matt Rose show, I just wanted to say that, but 
something that I'm truly proud of and truly excited when I first read about it was the all-black wrestling event that's going to be taking place in Des Moines, Iowa. It's crazy, an all-black wrestling event in Des Moines, Iowa, but it's all good. It's a Black Wrestlers Matter. In the event, it's been announced for August 22nd at Des Moines, Iowa. So, the BWM organization announced on Twitter that this was happening. It's going to be a celebration of all black professional wrestling. And there's going to be a fundraiser going around. They have a GoFundMe campaign called Knowledge is Power. So, be on the lookout for that. And, you know, donate whatever you can. Doesn't have to be fifty, twenty, thirty dollars. Donate whatever you can. It could be a dollar, two dollars, whatever it is. It's going towards a great cause. And it's an amazing thing. It's led by uh musician Billy Weathers. Not Bill Withers, but Billy Weathers of Des Moines, Iowa. So shout out to them. This is great. They got some really, really talented, talented talent that's gonna be on the roster. Uh I know they have Faye Jackson there. A lot of people on the East Coast know who Faye Jackson is. She's coming up, and, you know, she's all about it. Um, they got guys from MLW, J-Ha. They, 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 they got some really, really amazing talent that's going to be on display. Anybody in the Iowa region or around that region that can get to this event, get to the event. It's going to be something that shouldn't be missed. And I wish GCW would have had there for the culture event, which was something like this, but it was... Cancel due to COVID, if I'm not mistaken. So this is going to be an amazing event. I mean, all I, I mean, all Black Lives Matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of where it's at, whether it be on the TV for certain industries or just in wrestling, like it matters. And this is an amazing, amazing outlet for these indie wrestlers who are looking for that spotlight, who are looking for that chance in order to be seen, to be heard, and to display their talent. So it's an amazing, amazing event that's going to go down. The Good Brothers as well. The Good Brothers are holding their first wrestling event together. Yes, they signed to Impact. Everybody knows that. They got Talk and Shop a Mania that's going to be running wild. And they are partnered up with Pro Wrestling Tees. It was going to air via Fight TV for the price tag of $15. One of the biggest uh, wrestlers they have for their show, and the only one I've seen announced really, was Heath Slater. Heath Slater, we just seen him on Raw. Fire promo, by the way. Amazing promo by Heath Slater. And just the way they, they sent them out, you know, that's how you leave the territory. You leave it on your back. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Good Brothers, ever since they've been released, all they've been doing is working. They've been working, working, working. They got their podcast out, as I had mentioned last week with the Talking Shop. And I just want the best for them, like I said last week. <laughs> you know, they deserve it. They're they're putting all their creativity to the forefront, which is great because we've seen a lot of that when WWE was doing the Southpaw Wrestling and just them when they when they were given airtime and you know Carl Anderson there showing abs and you know big big LG basically bigging up the abs like it was it was fun it was entertaining it was a great it was a great carousel of things so 
all, all I want is the best for them, and I think they're going to have that going with the next half of the year and maybe into the next year. Who knows what Impact got for them? Impact probably got some really cool plans for them. I'm hoping for that. So let's see what happens. Uh, another thing. Now they were on, you know, the Good Brothers, they were on Raw. So, Shayna Baszler. Uh, I seen that Shayna Baszler was working main event tapings. Oh, when people hear that, people think talent's buried. That's why they don't want nobody coming out of NXT going to the main roster. Understandable. There's still talent that came out of NXT that actually made a name for themselves on the main roster. It's just up to Vince's mentality when he first sees you. When he first sees you, it's how he sees you. So when you get up there, you have to be you have to be self-made, man, and it's crazy that it has to be like that. Because there is so much talent, so much talent that it's been there and they go to the main roster and they just get tossed on the waistline. Like we we see it where it's Ricochet or even Aleister Black at this moment people are talking about. They're like, what is he doing? Why is he secondary to the feud of Seth and Rey Mysterio? I wonder that too, but at the same time, he's on TV. He's not getting any losses. He ain't taking no L's. He's still looking like a threat. Let's see what happens. Let's see what's going on. But going back to Shayna Baszler, like, this is not main event from 80s, early 90s. This is not even main event from 06. 08, I should say. Where they try to bring it back. And what I love what they did there, sorry getting off topic, but what I love what they did there is that they had the wrestlers actually be the wrestlers from back in the day, the way they used to cut promos in the beginning of the show before the show's intro music hit. I thought that was amazing. But I I'm I'm just thinking like what's what's going on? Like what Vince doesn't see in her is like she's a badass. And she was supposed to be the one to dethrone Becky Lynch and they threw that they threw that out the window. That was something that Becky Lynch wanted to do, and they were like, nah, 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 we're not going to do that. She loses the Money in the Bank match. We haven't seen her since May 12th. So it's like, what are you going to do with her? The more that she's sidelined, the more the, the less she's valuable. And it's just the craziest thing in the world because there's other companies that will probably... Just drool at the fact of getting, you know, salivate at the fact that they could get Shayna Baszler, a Shayna Baszler, anybody next to that talent. As you can see with the AEW women's roster, it's nowhere near anything that WWE got. They have a couple of players there, don't get me wrong. Shout out to Big Swole. Shout out to Brick Baker. Shout out to the champ as well. But... It ain't on the level of the WWE women's roster. And that could go for ROH. That could go for New Japan. I don't even know if... Jesus, Lord. To be honest, I don't think New Japan has a fucking women's division. What am I talking about? But, you know, like, stardom and all that other stuff. Like, it goes beyond that. 
So I'm just here thinking, like, yo, what the fuck? You know, like, if you're you're having a great moment right now with the women roster, going, go, and this is going through the whole company. This is going through Raw. This is going through SmackDown. This is going through NXT. NXT, their women's division has been intact. It's been opening up shows, even closing shows, and it's been beyond fire. Right? You have Shayna Baszler. And it's like, where do you fit her into this? Now, if they're holding her back in order to see what they do with her because they don't want to destroy her, understandable. But the, like I said earlier, the more you leave her back, the less popular she is. Just like with Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair has been on main event as well. I mean, on main event, don't get me wrong, they got talent there as well. Because you'll see a match between Ricochet and, and Andrade. You know, you'll see, like, these different type of matches, but at the same time, they're like, come on, not main event, bro. She has to be on TV. You know, she has to be on TV, especially now with Charlotte out, Becky out. You have a plethora <laughs> of women wrestlers that can go. Now, of course, one brand has more than the other. But let me just run down a list of competitors, of women there now on Raw. You have Asuka, Bianca, Kyrie, Naya, Natalia, and Ruby Riot. Right? Liv Morgan as well. You got Liv Morgan on SmackDown. Alexa, Bailey, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Mandy Rose, Naomi, who we haven't seen in forever is what it seems like. Nikki Cross. Of course, you know we have some tag teams there. Sasha Banks, Sonya Deville, Tamina, who after losing to Bailey, she hasn't been seen, and the Iconics. Now, you have about 18 individuals there. Where, let's say, if you have five tag teams, right? Boom, five tag teams. That takes 10 out the picture. Maybe not. Maybe one of those women of the tag team is good enough to have a singles run while holding tag team belts or while um, actually comp competing in the tag division. So that could be here and there. But then... You have, besides that, you have a whole other eight to nine females that could go for one, one women's title. I, I called out, what, 18, 18, 19 individuals right now. So that's not enough to have two titles. It's definitely not enough. That's just being greedy with the titles. You know, of course, the merch money. You got to get that merch money. But imagine that. Like, bring back some of these some of these players you have. Start using Kyrie Sane in the singles in a singles match. Maybe make her turn on Asuka. Let them have a fire burner match. Bring back Naomi, probably the most athletic woman on that roster. 
Bring her back. Sasha Banks, who has been probably the MVP of the women's division. She's resurrected again. They've given her the camera, and she's been delivering. Whether it be on a, a match on NXT with Io Shirai, whether it be a match that she has on SmackDown, Raw, for the women's title with Bailey, like even Bailey's character has actually looked pres- more presentable than it did before. Like before Sasha was in the picture, it was just the heel turn was just like uh, whatever. But now she, her and Sasha are having fun with it. They're being those antagonizing heels. They're being funny. And it's great. You have the iconics for that. But imagine a a, a program between Bailey, Sasha, and the iconics. Them them going after each other. It would be amazing. You have another story within that female's division. You have Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot was on um, Raw Talk talking about how she hasn't won a match. That, you know, the only reason why she attacked Liv Morgan is because she was jealous. Because Liv Morgan was basically on camera having that TV time while she was away. And it looked like she didn't need Ruby. And the way Ruby said it had a lot of meaning, a lot of hurt in it. If they could just let her run with this line, this storyline, and just let her be her, trying to chase for that friendship again, that's a story that could be told all the way to SummerSlam. And SummerSlam is what, a month away? It could probably be told a Survivor Series. You could have them come back together, and the culmination of them getting back together is beating the role models for their titles. You know, like, there's so much things that they could play with. They have so many stories already built in little by little that they need to have a little more access or two on TV. I think. And I think it would be phenomenal. Like I said with the Iconics, Iconics is another group who could be on the hunt for the title because it seems like what they're that's what they're doing. They cannot live with the fact that that they lost those tag titles and they're going nuts about that to the point where uh, one of them just smacked the other in the face and then said, sorry, oh my God, I forgot. I, don't, I didn't know what I was doing with myself. I'm sorry about that. That's how like out of sync they are at the moment. Like they can't just get away from that and then go to something else. Like they have to tell these stories. They have so much time on TV, five hours of television. Five hours of television between Raw and SmackDown. Tell the stories. We need the stories being told. We don't need wrestling on top of wrestling on top of wrestling. You know, of course we need that for the culmination of the stories. But we don't need that in between time and the meantime. What we need is stories being told. And for the fans to be engaged and want to spend that time, that quality time that they have at home and engage in those stories and can't wait for the fight to happen. Of course, you're going to have wrestling here and there. Of course, you got to. You got to build up new stars. You got to build up the storylines. You got to build up the champs. But you have to tell the stories. I feel like the stories are something 
that's actually it's been lost a little bit. I mean, Edge Edge was saying this not too long ago with selling moves, storytelling, all that other stuff, all the psychology stuff that goes into what we love. Something that when we was coming out of school on a Monday or maybe a Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, whenever SmackDown was at the time you was watching, or even Nitro. You were thinking to yourself, oh my God, I'm wondering what the NWO is going to do today. Oh my God, I'm wondering where this person is going to... You know, that has to come back. That thrill. And you know what? That thrill happens with us fans not trying to fuck shit up. If, you know, if we're, we're out here trying to, like, spoil shit, then what's the case? What's the point? What the fuck is the point, man? But like I said, massive props to Sasha and Becky for what they're doing. I mean, uh, not Sasha and Becky. <laughs> Sasha and Bailey uh, for having these great matches, opening, closing, segments, matches, everything. Everything they're doing. Sasha's looking so good now that people are bringing back that conversation of who's better, her or Charlotte. I know when... That four horsewomen of the WWE first got together. It was basically everybody say, oh, Sasha, Sasha's it. Sasha's the star. And I think that drove Charlotte to become as good as she is right now. I'm not going to take nothing away from Charlotte. I know that she's been 10 times champ and I know she's the Flair's daughter. But let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. She's probably the John Cena of the women's division. Think about it. Her athleticism, the flawlessness in the ring. It's like John Cena always needed that person to try to be better than. John Cena had Randy Orton. John Cena had Batista. If she's John if she's John Cena, Sasha could be that Batista. If he's Shawn Michaels. Sasha's Bret Hart. Like, do you understand what I'm trying to go with this? Like, it's always going to be a conversation. I feel like it's always going to be a conversation of who's better. And it only depends on your preference of who's better. I don't think it's going to be a deniable fact. Like, this person is better. She is better because of this, that, and the third. Because at the end of the day... These two women are so great. So great. And I'm glad that Charlotte's getting this time off. Because maybe some fans are going to actually see how valuable she is and how great she is. And this time is actually for Sasha to remind the crowd that this is why I took that time off. This is why... I thought I wasn't being pushed the way I was supposed to because I'm that bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a time for everybody to come together and realize we have two of the best in women's wrestling in WWE. Oscar's right there. Oscars right there. This is Nathan McFly, the 20 by 20 podcast, and this episode was sponsored by Dream Match Wrestling. You're asking yourself, who's Dream Match Wrestling? What's Dream Match Wrestling? 
let me tell you who Dream Match Wrestling is. He is the master designer, the hand behind the pen, who helped us bring to light our ideas on the Brian Pillman shirt, Shawn Michaels shirt, Finn Balor shirt that we got going right now. And he has many, many more designs. And if you want to see what he's doing with his Dream Match scenario line, this is what you got to do. Go to www.dreammatchwrestling.shop. Want to get in touch with him individually? Go to his Instagram page at Dream Match Wrestling. You got an idea for a logo, an idea for a shirt, an idea for a portrait, whatever it may be, he brings the ideas to light, brings it in front of you because he is the master designer, the hand behind the pen. He is Dream Match Wrestling. Check it out. Now back to the pot. And going back to what's going on right now, um, at, at Raw is another person that can be considered besides Sasha Banks as the MVP of the of the pandemic era. MVP. How great is that, right? MVP is the MVP. I mean, everything he's doing on the mic is gold. He's brought Bobby Lashley back to light. Like, I think they're actually starting to think like, all right, you know what? Bobby Lashley is great when he has somebody there with him. And he absolutely is. Because when he was with Leo Rush, for example, that's when he actually got popular again. He got the IC title. I mean, he was everywhere. Leo Rush actually gave him the the mouthpiece that he needed. And now... MVP is backing him up. MVP is still trying to get into the ear of Apollo, even though he's going to face him at uh, the Horror Show Extreme Rules for the U.S. title. But you saw him in the back talking to Cedric Alexander and asking him, like, yo, for how long do you think you're going to be the the sidekick to, to Ricochet? And I love that tag team, but if this calls for a faction of... MVP, Cedric, Bobby, Apollo, or throwing Ricochet there and it's the other way around and some other things. Listen, that could be major for WWE. And the fact that they have such talented people together and Ricochet's starting to look a little more confident on the mic. The way he's talking and the way he's moving, like he looks very confident. And that might just be... Because he feels like he's on the outside looking in. He probably feels it like, yo, you know what? If I don't step up my shit, I'm going to be left back. I'm going to just be on main event until I get cut out this shit. He don't want that. Everybody could always say, oh, you know, WWE was never the dream. Fuck that. When you was a fucking kid and you was watching this shit, WWE was the dream. Now, we have options now, which is great. Got AEW, you got a ROH, you got New Japan. New Japan's been around, but now you have an option. Because you see how great that is over there. So I just feel like he's he has his back to the wall and he's gonna just try to show out. And this is what he needs to do. He needs to show out. Ricochet needs to do that. Cedric Alexander needs to do that. Apollo Crew, eh. He's kinda doing it right now. He's kinda doing it. Everything got to be the same. Everything got to be on point. And Apollo has to start getting comfortable on that mic because he's looking like he's talking to his his boy that he knows and he's not saying much. 
gotta develop some character. You gotta let them know who Apollo Cruz is. Who are you? Can't just be this big athletic dude that does everything and can't talk. Like Cedric Alexander, he's like, eh, you know, he's trying to he's trying to find himself. And I like that. He's talking different on the mic. He's not talking like he's this uh Peter Parker action hero type shit. Like, nah. Let's get that shit out of here. Let's get some realness into it and let's get it popping. You know what I'm saying? Because at the at the same time, AEW could talk about all they want that this is not a war. This is exactly what it is. It is a fucking war. It's a war for the ratings. You want to be on top. You know you do. You want to be on top. And this is great. I love this. Because at the end of the day, what I was looking for was to see what petty shit was going to be said when I was a kid. Or if WWE was going to top WCW with the matches and the segments and stuff like that. We need that. We need that competitive fire back into the locker rooms. Stop with the buddy-buddy shit. Y'all niggas is friends. We get that. We don't want to see that shit. We get it already, bro. Friendly competition. We need that. Back in the days, the the, the heels ain't run with the baby faces. Nah, I'm a heel. If I've seen with you in public, it looks ass. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, it's it's not seen like that. But I think if it starts taking little elements of the throwback eras and integrate it with what's going on now, especially with the talent that's out there, imagine what this talent could do when they think they have to they have to go above and beyond anybody else in the locker room. I feel like they don't they don't have that type of urgency because they know how good they are. And that's what I'm waiting for. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly what I'm waiting for. So talking about all that, now we're going to go into Wednesday. Uh wow. I mean, night 2 from both sides was fucking crazy. <laughs> Night two from both sides was fucking insane. I mean, only thing I didn't really like was Matt Hardy coming out like he Doc Hendricks for a private party. For those that don't know, uh, Doc Hendricks, um, who's uh, Michael P.S. Hayes, Michael Hayes in WWE, he was basically the manager for the Hardy Boys when they started getting that, that rave gimmick going on and shit like that, so... That's how I see him. Like, he came out looking like him. Same fucking shirt and pants. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? But whatever. It's all good. Um, I think that the match between them and Kenny and Adam Page could have been a lot better. It was a little sloppy at first. I'm, I'm guessing because these two teams have never really met each other or even in singles competition whatsoever it's just new in the beginning and it's all good wasn't a fucking horrible match it was nowhere near that i just think that private party still not being in front of the camera for that long is a little green with it uh their talent is beyond amazing they have so much potential 
and Kenny and you know Kenny and Adam Page they're on a different level. They're on a way different level than private party. So it it, it is what it is. You know, it started off the night. It was all right. Uh, Janela. Janela was in a match with Lance Archer, and it was a match that I think that it kind of went for too long. I know they try to paint Janela as, you know, the little guy trying to trying to defeat the odds and all his other shit, but he's not a liable contender whatsoever. Like, this match went way too long. He's not a liable contender. The way he's being built, he's been losing. I can't even remember the last time I've seen Joey Janela win a match. You know, and he has like this whole this whole thing going on with Sonny Kiss, but it looks like it's not gonna amount to anything. And it goes into this feud with Lance Archer, and Lance Archer took a little too too many shots. There was too many shots that he was giving up. And like I said, man, they gotta build Janela again, like they got to use Janela for what he's good for. The way companies use... Um, Jesus, Lord. His name just left my mind. Oh, my God. Hardcore legend. Yeah, there we go. Terry Funk. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not using him to his best ability. Just putting on those amazing matches where it was just... Shit that was pretty fucking insane at the at the meantime, but I just feel like they're using him wrong. And Lance Archer should be a big man going for that that title, going for Moxley. He should be there for that. You know they fed him to Cody. Cody getting that Hogan push with a secondary title. Shit is wild. Shit is wild, bro. But you know, two two great individuals in the ring. I just wish it was a little better, a little a book a little better. But it is what it is. Um yeah, and Taz. Alright. Never gonna go against Taz being great on the mic. Because everybody knows you give him a microphone, tell him I need a promo right now. Nothing written, he's gonna go out there and deliver. Always and forever. But I feel like he's selling more of himself than his client, as he would say. Brian Cage is looking very secondary in this role. He's looking like he's the one protecting Taz. Like he's not looking like the person, like this big machine, supposedly, that's going to take out. John Moxley. Nothing whatsoever. I mean, for God's sakes, he brought back his own belt. The FTW title. They said it was going to be a uh, an announcement that was going to change pro wrestling. Did bringing back this title for what? It's just injecting more Taz into the segment. Taz always being in the front. Brian Cage in the background. Brian Cage doesn't say anything. It's just, it's awkward, man. It's very awkward. Like, 
if somebody that's never watched pro wrestling or is just a casual fan, they're going to get lost. They're like, oh, shit, this, this fat motherfucker going to go and fight John Moxley? All right, cool. Oh, the Dean Ambrose guy, right? Like, <laughs> nobody is going to go into it and be like, oh, but that nigga in the back right there. They're going to be like, oh, that's uh, it's his boy. That's his boy that just likes taking his shirt off and looking cool on the camera. We don't hear anything from Brian Cage. And now we're going into this to this uh, match between them two. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Literally, who knows? But this was probably one of the best eight-man tag matches I've seen in quite some fucking time, bro. And when I mean that is because... I'm I'm thinking about Survivor Series matches to be honest with you, like the last one with uh, NXT versus the mix of Raw and SmackDown. That was pretty tough, but FTR and the Bucks versus Butcher Blade and Lucha Bros. I mean, they needed the win. They really needed the win because the Butcher and the Blade have been losing. Lucha Bros have been on the losing end of a lot of stuff. FTR is uh, new. They haven't lost a tag team match, which is great. So it was a good a good way for them to lose on the match. Young Bucks can never be hurt. But Jesus, the uh, the move Phoenix did to Nick Jackson, it was just a different use of the Canadian Destroyer to the outside of the ring. That was phenomenal. And this just beefs up the story of FTR. The Revival, they said it. On um, broken, uh, Jesus, cool, Jesus, Lord, <laughs> I'm all over the place today. But um, they said it on the busted, busted open podcast. Sorry, that they weren't very liked coming in to the locker room. You know, WWE guys, of course, and then just the way they talk about tag team wrestling. They have this affinity and this. You know, the, this enjoyment of tag team wrestling. Like, they're like, yo, this is what's wrong with tag team wrestling. They analyze shit to the point where it, it gets a little annoying because they get to the point where, like, oh, these guys are not even tagging in the right corner. Before them saying that, I that was nowhere near on my mind. I totally forgot about all that. And he says that, and I think it's Dax that said that's one of the things that he hates about the Lucha Bros, but he respects how good they are. And, you know, they were talking about different tag teams. And one of the tag teams that they mentioned that they say they would tear the house down every time they would be in the ring with them is Santana and Ortiz. And I just don't know why for the life of me that they're taking L's left and right. And just looking like cronies for, for Jericho. But that's neither here or there at the moment. But another reason why they were looked crazy in the locker room, they went on Cornette's podcast and started talking that tag team wrestling joint. But you know what? Like I said earlier, that confidence and wanting the challenge, challenging people, bringing that competitive edge into the locker room is going to change all that shit over there in AEW where everybody seems to be all fucking buddy-buddy. 
Nah, man. This is not how we breed competition. This is not how we get better. We got to tear each other down and build each other right back up to be the best that we can of ourselves. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You guys could be friends, yeah, but you know what? I'm trying to outdo what you're doing out there. I'm not going to outdo you and be like, yeah, you still did good. I don't even know who did better. Nah, nigga, I, I busted your ass out there, bro. I was the one that came out on top. What you going to do next? Have to bring that type of energy. And I love what they're doing right now. And I hate the fact that they're not in WWE. Because I'm loving them more and more. They seem very dull in WWE. And now in AEW, they seem like they're there really getting into themselves. And I, I really like that. Uh, you always see Arn and Tully. Arn and Tully's always around them. Tully's in the, in the, in the stands with Sean Spears. I mean, listen... Everybody's like, oh, we don't need another four horsemen, blah, 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 blah. Cool. I understand we don't need another four horsemen, but imagine we have four great wrestlers together in a stable. It doesn't have to be the four horsemen. It could be something else. But to, to be honest with you, Cody could probably be that flair. Sean Spears, he's great in the ring. Don't get it twisted. Remember the shit he was doing in NXT. Remember the shit he was doing coming into AEW. He has the tools. And he could be that secondary horseman guy. And then you just have Tully and Arn in, in the revival. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they could tell stories for days. And I'm hoping this story... This is what I was getting to. The story that's being told. Lucha Bros won the match. That must have infuriated the revival. To the point where like, yo, these motherfuckers ain't really all that. They do shit wrong. Da -da 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 -da. But they're the ones that won the match. Now, what do you get? You get Lucha Bros versus the revival. At their next event. What are you going to get? Around there after that, Young Book's being situated in there. You know, Lucha Bros might take the L on this one because they got the L right now. I mean, they got the they got the dub right now. But I'm telling you, man, I just feel like this is all culminating, you know. And Cody's on the outside looking at He could just do some crazy shit. And then when that match goes down with FTR and the Bucks... Cody could be that one person that turns on his so-called wrestling brothers. The people that helped him build this vision that he had when he left WWE. Could talk about how he used them all the way from Japan and ROH to get to where they're at. Imagine that. Just be the most hated motherfucker in the planet. That right there would tell a story that could go and transcend for the next year, year and a half. I'm telling you, man. AEW got a lot of stuff that they're doing right now that just seems very, very, very interesting. Just like with uh, the main event of the night. Chris Jericho. Orange Cassidy. Shout out to my boy, Woodrow. I'm going to keep saying this when this, is, when this is there. He's just getting in, getting back into the business. Getting back into loving wrestling again. And we go to an indie event. 
he sees Orange Cassidy, and the first thing he's he just starts laughing. He's like, "Yo, this kid's a star." Orange Cassidy just proved that in a match with Jericho. Some people maybe might be upset that he lost, but then again, you know, Cassidy is not built to be a liable person within the singles division at AEW. He's still basically a puppet for best friends. He's the third wheel in that in that friendship. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just him being able to show out, remix some of his shit, like you know how he does like the the, the limp kicks. And I don't know he just busted out a a super kick that rocked Jericho. I thought that was cool. And Jericho really took it to him and let Cassidy basically present his skills on a grand stage. TNT, yo, they're on TNT. They're on broadcast television. For Orange Cassidy to display himself like that, even in the loss, is a win for Orange Cassidy. And Chris Jericho needed to get this win. This was a huge win, not only for Chris Jericho, for the entire inner circle. Inner Circle's just been taking L's all over the place. These guys are taking L's with Sammy Guevara not being around. These guys are taking L's with Jake Hager being getting, getting stuck up for the title, basically. He got he got robbed. Um, Santana Ortiz, like I said before, not getting wins, getting L's all over the place. They needed this. This right here is just like a comfort. It get, brings them back to that comfort zone. And hopefully... Into a place where the inner circle starts looking somewhat how they looked before. Because, damn, they, they were taking, like I said, they were taking L's. Ever since Jericho lost the title, they were taking L's everywhere. Inner circle was looking crazy. Santana Ortiz, I don't even think, are in the title picture or in the top 10 bracket with this wins and loss thing they got going on. But during all that, at the same time, two new stars are being built. I don't think many people were thinking about Orange Cassidy, but now they are. And another person, like I said last week, the diamond in the rough, Wardlow. Be on the lookout for Wardlow. That dude is something else. Now. <laughs> Let's get into the Great American Bash. You know what? I'm going to start... We'll start from the end, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, to the beginning. I have to. Big, big shout out to Keith Lee. Um, we know that everything was spoiled for us the week before, but like I put on Twitter, I was like, I don't give a fuck if the ending that some pendejo put out on his on his Instagram stories is the ending I want to see how we got to that and that's why I was live paying attention live to that match more than Jericho and Orange Cassidy I seen Jericho and Orange Cassidy afterwards but it was amazing man like everybody seen it Adam Cole what he like a buck 90 Keith Lee about 280 300 they told a story. I mean, Adam Cole had to deliver 18, 18 super kicks and a Canadian destroyer in order to get Keith Lee down. You know what I'm saying? Like he, it, it, it was greatly told because there's no way 
man of Adam Cole's size was going to take Keith Lee down right away. They focus on the power of Keith Lee. The smarts of Adam Cole. Because Adam Cole is a ring general. And a genius. When it comes to certain matches like this. And I was thinking maybe they're going to give us an alternate ending. Maybe they're not going to give us what we've seen. But WWE went with it. And this right here is a phenomenal moment. Not only for the black culture. But it is a phenomenal moment in the industry of pro wrestling. This right here transcends through time. This right here is going to be seen as a changing point. A, a guard. I mean... 11 out of the 15 titles in WWE are held by people of color. You got New Day as the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You got Street Profits as the Raw Tag Team Champions. Keith Lee is holding the North American and the NXT title. R-Truth with the 24-7 title. Uh, Asuka. Io Shirai. Shasha. Becky. Apollo Crews. Wait, it, it's it's a time like none other, and I'm just glad I'm living and able to see, witness, and appreciate what's going on right now. It's just an amazing, amazing feeling. I can't even really comprehend it too much, but now, you know, he's getting he's getting a little backlash on social media, like oh they pushed him too crazy. Uh, Adam Cole should have never lost the title because he's going to go to the main roster and, you know, they're just going to eat him alive. They ain't even going to do anything with him. Are you fucking kidding me? He doesn't even have to go to the main roster right now. He lost the title. Undisputed Era lost every title they were holding at one moment. That has happened to factions everywhere. I'm talking about the Horsemen. I'm talking about DX. I'm talking about even the Bullet Club that every fucking Mark loves, my nigga. Check it out. There's been plenty of Wrestle Kingdom's Bullet Club goes in there with all the gold and doesn't leave with shit. Doesn't leave with shit. And nobody says anything. Everybody's going to say something now because there's three brands under one company. And people are expecting it. Because of the way certain NXT talent were treated on the main roster. I get that. But there's a lot of things for UE to do. It could be that they turn on Adam Cole. Adam Cole goes against the U UE. They, they have a whole bunch of shit there. There's so much talent. Adam Cole doesn't need to leave NXT at the moment. Imagine them splitting up. The three from the UE stay together. Adam Cole by himself. Until it comes to time where he's battling for that championship once again. And the UE comes back together. Helps him win. Classic story right there. Classic story. And then the UE could reign on top again for another year. Doesn't have to be continuously. Could be a year where there's a drought. Maybe a year and a half. Maybe two. 
You bring them back together. Horseman was like that. DX was like that. It could be like that, man. There's no way that this shit should just end there and he should just fucking go and do him. I don't know. That's the way I think about it. So we had a, a six-man match where we seen uh, Rockstar Spud, <laughs> Drake Maverick, with Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Fandango and Tyler Breeze, the most entertaining motherfuckers in pro wrestling. The way they remixed those entrances, mimicking their competitors, is fucking hilarious. Hilarious. I love it. I love it. They need to get a rocket strap on their back soon, and they need to be on the main roster again. Those are guys that need to be on the main roster because they are for the main roster. They are for the main roster. But um, over here, you know, we've seen uh, Santos Escobar a little bit with his boys. You know, they get the dub. But one thing I was thinking about was that cruiserweight division. And it brings me back to uh, people like Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, Shorty G, even Gargano. Why not have Gargano going for it too? You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many, so much talent. Between all three brands that this Cruiserweight title shouldn't be left on NXT. It should be defended the same way as the women's tag titles, I think. Or even, shout out to uh, 3T, Through the Tables podcast. Came up with this assumption. Merge the North American title and the Cruiserweight title and bring up the NXT, the NXT Cruiserweight title as a secondary title. Now, what you have with that is a real Cruiserweight division. Then you add people like Finn in there. Why not? Why the fuck not? Let him get that title and work his way back up into the NXT heavyweight division or whatever they want to call it. That could work as well. But I do see Keith Lee, you know, giving that title away. That's what I see. I see him, you know, relinquishing the title. And them having a tournament. I don't know if they're so sold on not having the North American division. But what um, 3T said is actually pretty solid. And I wouldn't mind if that happened. To be honest with you, I wouldn't. Uh, another young talent who looked good in defeat in the same area as Ar Orange Cassidy is Swerve. Swerve Scott Strickland, baby. That man, when I seen him on the indies, I already knew he was a star. He just exudes that confidence and that glare and that charisma of knowing that he's that dude. And he went into a match with uh, Gargano and looked every bit of a star that Gargano is. Some of the moves he was hitting, the timing, the, the general chemistry of them two in the ring and having chemistry with a with an amazing talent like Gargano means something. Yes, Gargano got the win, but Gargano needed that win. He needed that win. He's been taking a couple of L's. Him, him and wife have been looking crazy. Gargano needed that win. Swerve just needed to look good. And that's what happened. He looked good. 
And I love the fact that Ronaldo emphasized on him being the only person to ever beat Hijo de Fantasma. And that was at the Cruiserweight tournament. So emphasizing that, emphasizing a big win like that because he's the Cruiserweight champ. Can set up something for the future. Also makes him look good while he's in a great match with Gargano. I mean, NXT has a plethora of talent. Like the, the yo the the list of talent in NXT is ridiculous. Ridiculous. And everything in the main roster, it's great, but it's just probably not run right towards some people's liking. But WWE there it's embarrassing the riches of talent they got there. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a uh, big shout out to Mia Yim and Candice LeRae for opening up the event and looking like fucking stars. Looking like stars, man. I mean, Mia Yim out there with the Tims. Probably not a good look, but you know, I understand. And Mara Ronaldo again with the one liners. This is what street dreams are made of. Fucking guy, man. Oh my god, Morrow. I, I don't know what to do with you sometimes, but thank you. But uh yeah, man, this is another case of how good the women's division is on NXT right now. Where they had a hellacious fucking street match to where the ending was Candice LeRae knocking me and him out with brass knuckles and then a swinging neck neck breaker from the top rope to Apollo chairs. Like what the fuck? You know what was the greatest part about all that? And how it ended? She put her arm, her basically dead arm, on top of me. Yeah, got the one, two, three, and they were laid out on that mat for about five to ten minutes. Just bringing to life how crazy the match was and how much it took out of them and what they've been through. That Candice LeRae had her husband come out and get her out of the ring because she couldn't walk it off. Mia Yim, on the other hand, thugged it out and went by herself. But this is what I'm talking about, man. They have they have that. They have Mercedes Martinez who's a fucking badass and could be their next Shayna Baszler she's amazing in the ring the way she moves the fluidity of her moves everything Tegan Knox, Shotzi Blackheart Raquel Gonzalez those are the people I want to see fight Mia Yim next and Zia Lee cause all them ladies hit hard and they bring it they bring the motherfucking ruckus I can't wait to see that shit can't wait but yeah, uh, damn, an hour? Shit. <laughs> I talked an hour of wrestling. All right, um, another shout out, RIP Pop Smoke. Um, damn, 255,000 units? Sheesh. Haven't heard of a hip-hop nigga selling that much in a while. Wish he was here to see it. Wish he was here to see how much the people love him, you know, but... Some people's time comes short, some don't, you know? It's just a whack part about life. And 
you know, a lot of stuff out there. We got some new Fly God. Uh, Little Wayne put something out. Uh, Jesus, uh, Benny the Butcher coming with something. Conway, uh, you already know we love Griselda over here. Woodrow coming out with something. <laughs> it's going to be great, man. Uh, don't know what I'm playing for you guys this week. But I had some fire last week with that money bag, yo. You know, people was feeling that. But uh, I'm gonna put something and put something fly. It's gonna be, gonna be a little, uh, little secret, a little surprise. But yeah, man. Uh, this was episode 112 of the 20 by 20 podcast. I'm your host Nathan McFly. Thank you for being with us. And please, please check us out. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, Anchor.fm Shout out for them for the sponsor Shout out to Dream Match Wrestling for the sponsor Shout out To everybody Everybody fucking with us We out here doing it for you And in case you forgot We still got them t-shirts for sale There's a couple of more left Minimal colors Let me know what you need What you want DM us Whatever it may be Go to the site Cause that site gonna get taken down And the whole new flash shit coming out but be on the lookout. And like I said, this was the 20 by 20 podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan McFly. Shout out to the nation of domination. And shout out Los Boricuas. Tio Savio, what up? Boston, Big Bell. Grease. Negro spirituals, baby. We working. Don Billy. That's the one right there, baby. Creme de la creme, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Luther King. He had a dream. I had a vision. Ended up back convicted. Ended up back in prison. Gave me enough time to think. Gave me a high position. Baby, it's time to drink. Bottle of that ain't spade. Let's make a trade. Toronto for tomorrow's and I made the face Hookers, I brought him cheese Took many niggas off the street He get all the beats Me, Paul, and Grease Y'all call it me We call the street Mansion in Santa Barbara Got a spot where the bosses meet French Island Calabasas That life, man, is far behind us Natural disasters, insurance Don't cover forest fires The roads are spacious Got my own oasis Clooney behind the scenes Rich niggas don't show their faces Negro spirituals We wrapping up These devils is white as cotton Jesus is black as fuck I got a zipper for the weed Money in my jeans I'm on the road
let's ride this, let's go green. Born to win, I'm on again. My soul was saved, I was born again. The streets was crazy, she gone again. First she strung out my mama, then she took all my men. Lucy's and quarter juices, three quarter gooses. Had my shit trays, we slow the deuces. Forty ounce of malt, younger bring a can up. Peace. Yeah.